This podcast is brought to you by the award-winning Australian-made butterfly maternity pillow, which we are personally huge fans of. We certainly are. We love that it's multi-use and you can use it during your pregnancy and breastfeeding journey, but also that it comes with a removable tensile cover for easy care and comfort. And they sell out every time at the One Fine Baby Expo. They do. So if you want to grab one for yourself and want a sneaky 20% off discount, just <laughs> use the code COLDCOFFEE20 at onefinebaby.com.au. You're listening to a One Fine Baby podcast. One Fine Baby acknowledges the traditional owners of land and water that this podcast is recorded on and pays respect to elders past, present and emerging. How many times have you winced your way through that cold cup of coffee just for the caffeine kick? Or tripped over the same toy you've put away 10 times? We have toothpaste on our t-shirt and tiny humans screaming our name. The Cold Coffee Hot Mess Podcast is here to bring you the real side of parenting and serve up the juiciest survival hacks for this season of life that you can implement today. Hey team, we are your hosts of the Cold Coffee Hot Mess Podcast. I'm Olivia. Yay, I'm Nadine. <laughs> Welcome. We are so excited to be so here. So excited. I'm like a bull out of the gate. I'm ready for this. So who are we? Olivia, <laughs> why are we running a podcast? Why on earth uh, will someone give us a podcast? Well, you know what? We are actually from One Fine Bay. Maybe, and we run Exposed all the time. We have been in the industry for like, what, nine years A bajillion now? years, it feels like. We've got an online shop. We've got two kids each. And we, I think we've got like 25 kids between us and the team. That's oh, God, so that's a lot of kids. It is constant. Like, we are always chatting parenting. Oh, and that is we why we are here right now. Because mm. there are so many hacks to share. We literally turn up into our office and every day there's a new hack. That oh one God. of us knows. I hate to break it to you, but we speak of nothing else. <laughs> when I'm Sorry, I know you're the boss, <laughs> but we speak of nothing else. So we just thought we'd put it all in your ears. Yeah, Bring share it, it together. And the one thing we want out of this is for people to be able to take something home, to enact on it that evening or that night totally. or the next day. You know what? Parenting's hard. Mm. It's bloody hard. And so if we can help in any way and share anything that we've learned. Yeah. You know, we're team. in the thick of it. We're in the industry. We've got the kids. Absolutely. We know what we're talking about and we hope we can help. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into it. So what can parents expect from today's episode? Well, we're going to cover a really juicy topic on resentment. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. It's something that every partnership goes through as soon as they become parents. Uh, and we're going to speak to a conflict resolution specialist about how to have those tough conversations yeah. that come about, you know, when you become parents. Yeah. It's tough. And get so sometimes, some yeah, you need some tips to help get you through it. Yeah, 100%. And then we're going to go into straight into the big whinge. Oh, yes, we are. It's a good whinge today. Oh, my gosh. It's a cracker. Impacts pretty much every mom oh god and just in that part when you think you're going to be safe you know your kids growing up a little bit and you think well it's going to get easier something hits yep. every parent Where's every mom head? Yep. Oh, and gosh. then the hacks yeah the hacks are juicy today yeah something yeah. that uh you can really sink your teeth into yep yeah mm. and act on straight away yep love it okay so let's tell everybody a little bit about us i've got a little game in mind if you'd Ooh, be so kind yes we're going to fire go. off a few questions can our listeners join in <laughs> I mean, I wish it might take some of the heat off me, but uh, let's be honest and open. My fire on at you. Oh, geez. What is your worst parenting job? My worst parenting job. So like the job I hate. Yeah. Like the thing you hate to do. Um, I hate taking the bath plug out. Especially. <laughs> I hate, Sorry. I hate it. You hate, I hate taking, taking the, bath the bath plug out. Especially when I leave it cold. I think it's one of the worst jobs. 
I sorry. That's oh my just God, I'd random. do a million of those if it meant I didn't have to make my daughter's lunchbox. Like, no, I make my Jesus. kids take it out now. So I'm like, Max, can you take it out? Oh, that's because <laughs> Take out the bath plug. If I told Eva to do that, she'd tell me oh, where to go. Oh, Belle does it too. Really? Oh, my God. All right, Liv, so what's your worst parenting okay. job then? So my worst parenting job is making, like, three different breakfasts and three different lunches and three different dinners every day. Yeah, but day. that's because you make those special pancakes oh, look, from scratch I, yeah, I and go you go all out in your Instagram pictures. Oh, my God. And you should, like, <laughs> that's because you have high standards with all that. That's for Instagram. Let's yeah. be real. But it's like a sizzler in my place. Everyone thinks they can order what they want. They can have their little garnishes, little side dishes, little side of fries. I'm See, like, I'd rather, I'm not, I'd rather do that than put my hand in the bath You would rather make all those meals and put your hand yes, in a bath. Always, you are crazy. I always um, ruin my tops and they all oh get wet gosh. and then I... Usually, okay, my when you have a real problem, okay, anyway, come and talk to me. Yep. Next, what surprised you most about becoming a parent? Okay, so the thing that definitely surprised me is like any humming or drumming now in my life, it turns into babies crying. So if I'm in the shower, baby, I can hear babies crying. If I've got the laundry on, I can hear babies crying. If I've got the hairdryer on, I can hear babies crying. And so I freak out and think my kids are crying. Is this like a weird Spider-Man superpower? Well, surely you've, this, is, this has happened to you before no, when you're in the shower and you can hear babies crying. In the shower sometimes, yes. I'll, I'll okay. If you've got your hairdryer on, think about it next time. You may hear a baby crying. Well, thank you for that. Now I'm going to hear it every single time. <laughs> That's one. Anyway, so what about you? For me, I think it's the... Oh, I, how stressed I'd be, basically. I've always wanted to be a mum as long as I can remember. And then the juggle mm. just gets me every day. I thought I'd just ease into this, be a stay-at-home mum, love it, be the crafty mum. And no, like I've got two jobs. I need to mm, yeah. make sure that everyone's just alive every day. I don't, I don't thrive in that space like I thought I would. That was surprising to yeah, me. Yeah, like everyone's dependent on you. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm. All right, Liv, so the last question of the get to know you game. Uh, <laughs> what is the one thing you'd take back if you could? Okay, this for me is an easy one. Um, when Freddie was born, we were in COVID lockdown um, and I found it really, that whole time, very stressful oh. having going from one to two kids. And I reckon I just missed it. I missed from like three to 18 months of his life because I just wished it all away. Fast forward, I'm going to get teary if you can't see me about it, but it can't get it back. And I, that's something I Because you wished it away? For sure. Yeah. So hard. So yeah. I regret it. Definitely. I, I would say a lot of people would be in the same situation yeah. as you, but wishing it away when you're in the mm, depth the those days. of it, right? Yeah. Oof. What about you? <laughs> Let's keep it moving. Um, what would you take back? I don't have an answer because you didn't prep me on it. No. But that's okay. <laughs> what is the one thing that I'd take back if I could? Probably similarly not being present in the moment when my kids were babies and, yeah, just really, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> This is not a podcast about crying, but you're welcome no, to. No, but I think life goes so quickly so and my kids are now five. I miss that baby stage. Yeah, it doesn't come back. And, um, yeah. How true is that saying, the days are long but the years are short? <sighs> Kills oh, me. I didn't realize. Yeah. Anyway, really... great get to know your game. Okay. Thanks for right. Moving on. <laughs> wow. So the cold coffee hot mess podcast, it's a bit of a mm. metaphor, right, for parenting. For well, it's like if you could visualise us mm. now, we have a hot – no, we actually don't have a no. hot oh coffee. Oh, my God, we're the furthest We've thing got from a hot a cold coffee. coffee in our hands, mum bun in our hair. Mum We've got bun. chocolate sauce from the churros we oh tried to eat. And we're all just surviving oh Lord, parenthood. It's, just, it's mm. literally just about not even thriving, it's about surviving, and that is what this podcast is about. We just want to give all the tips and the tricks. Um, and the hacks and, and the like hacks. hacks to implement that you can literally take away 
say, you tell me hacks all the time that all I put in my own life. Really and good. likewise, for me, I, you, you oh, listen to me a lot, don't you? Yeah. I gave you a really good hack the other day uh, and it was all about resentment, right? It's about mm. something that I reckon every couple would It was go awesome. Through. Yeah, well... No, well, it, you were complaining at work well, okay, about... So sorry, Nathan, if we drop you in this, <laughs> but you were having a little tiff. Yes, we were having a tiff. Um, we've had many, many, many tiffs. Well, Nathan um, went out. Yes. To the rugby, <laughs> which is allowed to go to the rugby. Um, but we just had a tiff because, you know, I feel like I carry a lot of the load. Um, it's all I could see for the minute. And then he was going out and I, you know, I started to resent. It was bubbling under for a while. Yeah. So we were just chatting. We were just chatting about it. And I, w- I was like, yeah, I get that resentment, mm. motherhood, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then you came up with that <laughs> hack. I did come up with a hack, which I will tell you about mm. in a minute. But basically, we wanted to then create a podcast around resentment because I feel every couple would go through this at some stage. Parenting such an unknown journey. You don't know what it's going to be like until you're in it. It's really hard to plan for how yeah. you're going to be as parents together. Just because you're great as a couple doesn't mean well, you're going to get parenting. 100%. It's the one thing that I never... I didn't have resentment before I had babies. No. I don't ever remember. But then I, like, hated him. Yes. The babies came. Yeah. Said with love. Said with love. Because now. We, we're, <laughs> we are so lucky. Our oh, partners are sure. amazing. They're 50-50 so all the way and stuff. But it still doesn't stop you from resenting them in other places because literally the babies came out of our bodies like um, we are for life attached for sure right? and like it or not we carry the mental load it is what yep. it is yes. um so we delve a little bit into resentment and how to deal with that and how mm-hmm. to communicate with your partner and offering up some amazing tips and tricks that you'll want to take note of because you even if you haven't yet you are likely to come into contact with resentment throughout your parenting journey yep so it's a really good one so let's dive in Liz. let's go <laughs> okay first podcast buckle in buckle in So today we're covering a topic that's not often spoken about, but it's an issue for so many parents when a new baby comes along. Resentment can hit us all hard. It comes about when the shock of everything that comes along with looking after a baby becomes a reality and one parent feels like they're carrying the bulk of the load. Today we want to explore healthy ways to address these feelings and how to protect our relationship in what can truly be the hardest season of life. And today we have Sally Branson, who's a professional crisis manager and a media commentator on politics, women's issues and current affairs, and also owns the sweet set, you multitasking, amazing woman. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) The exhaustion. Oh my goodness. But isn't that the mental load? We're all jugglers. We're all drinking cold coffee. That's right. We've got one sitting right next to me. (laughs) Okay, so let's jump into this resentment topic. And I think the reason why we got you is you are so good with conflict resolution and crises and, and managing that whole process of communication between people. And Livia and mm-hmm. I were chatting the other day about conflict with partners and she was doing this amazing hack that I had never thought to think about mm. how you open a conversation yeah. with what were we going through? Well, look, Nathan and I had just got to a point. We've got a two and a four-year-old, as you know, Sal, and they are constantly just fighting and mm-hmm. draining us of all of our energy and patience. Um, and we just started to uh, get this kind of overwhelming um, resentment towards each other. I could mm. feel it um, from both sides. 
Uh, and so we were getting snippy at each other. The kindness was kind mm-hmm. of being stripped away. So I just, you know, enough is enough. I, I sat there at work and I thought, how are we going to do this? I can't afford counselling right now, cost of living. So let's yeah. <laughs> let's come up with a solution. 100%. So I, yeah, right. So I texted Nathan. I said, let's come up with three things that we really love about each other to remember why we're doing this and then three things that are kind of annoying us so we can address the concern but sandwich them, you know, between good, the good stuff. And mm. our relationship... It was a great chat. We had a glass of wine and our relationship has done a 180. I can't even explain it, but it works. What do you reckon? Is that is that a good thing for couples to do? I think it is a great thing. And I think about this a lot. And although I'm the crisis manager, often it is my husband, Jonathan, who is the one managing our crisis the best because um, I think I've got all the answers all the time because I do it professionally. <laughs> but it comes back to the fact that we're a team and we're a partnership. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've got some really strong tips that I bring into and my husband brings into our relationship all the time. And for us, it comes back, Liv, similar to you around the values, like why are we doing this? So for both Jonathan and I, we, you know, take a deep breath. And my big thing is, is our relationship worth this drama? And the overwhelming answer is yes, but it seems like when I get resentful about where the Tupperware is going, you know, where is that Tupperware lid gone? You can't mm. put the, I'm, I've got the mental load of cleaning this house and when you do it to take the mental load off, you can't even do it right. Mm. That's a real issue with me. And then I think, is my marriage and my children's parents' relationship, I think that all the time, like, what are we modelling for our children? Yes. Is it worth the Tupperware or is it worth this going back in the wrong spot or is it worth the fact that he doesn't know where that baby Panadol dropper is <laughs> or how to use the baby belt? Because you know what? That's my skill. That's what I bring to the yeah. relationship. I can do that. So it's about thinking, is this resentment and drama worth it? And sometimes it's really hard to be clear in the moment when you're exhausted, you're sleep deprived, but it's bringing it back to really simple key things. So those three points, what do we love about each other? That's a really good tool because they're really simple. I have a saying in my head, my husband's saying is we'll do it with ease and just look for ways to simplify and make it easy. That's good. Because sometimes, yes, sometimes we overcomplicate things, but let's see, how do we do this with ease what will make it easier and my saying is put love on the altar what do I worship it is our love so Mm. put that on the altar before anything else so when I'm getting tense or feeling resentful I think what is our highest value as a family that is to show love and kindness and am I doing that as an adult am I doing that now I think as women in a relationship sometimes we forget that if this was a friendship conflict or if it was a workplace conflict we would be using these tools of saying what are my highest values what do I want to get out of this relationship or what are my benefits in this relationship what am I doing wrong we use our critical thinking skills but in a relationship perhaps we wouldn't think that way so for me those practical little sayings to remind myself what's the most important thing bringing it back to those key values why did we form a partnership why did we decide to have kids what's the most important thing here and for me it's not the Tupperware being in the right spot is it or it's not the fact that I'm the only one in the house who can use that medicine dropper. No, that's yeah. Right. No, but I mean, I remember so well when I first had my newborn baby and my husband would walk out the door, go to work, <laughs> wear these, leave me with the baby, and then he would come back in the door and 
literally I'd be like, okay, here's the baby. And he'd be like, oh, I just need to go to the toilet. I just, and it's like, hang on a second. And then sit on the toilet for <laughs> yeah, 15 and minutes. And then and do oh, this oh, and, and get changed yeah. and all this stuff. Well, I would have loved to do that stuff. But he can't read my mind. I'm an introvert. Yes. How do I open yep. that conversation without, like, it sounds like your tips are great with a clearer head when you're getting sleep, but... But when you're in the middle of it, yeah, when you're in that, so storm. that's why you have to formalise it, like you would formalise a workplace relationship. Now, the key issues around relationship resentment and new parent resentment is that. On the whole, it is the mother who stays at home and looks after the baby. And as you said, you know, partners go to work and or there's one partner, even in a same-sex relationship, yep. there's one pe- person who's going out and working. And Liv mentioned cost of living and can't afford counselling. That plays into it too because there's one person who is, quote, unquote, the breadwinner mm-hmm. and they are doing that external work while the other person is doing the internal work. The so unpaid, that, harder job, that, I might say. Unpaid, <laughs> yeah, of keeping a, a human alive. Yeah, right. I was speaking to a woman this week who's a work colleague. She's just had a baby. She's had a really big career in her life. She's had a really high-profile career. Her partner also is. He's just launched a big book and doing lots of media. And she's at home with a brand-new baby, and her entire identity has now changed, Mm. and her value and worth proposition has changed. And so that's why the key, and people say it all the time, whether you're an introvert, whether you're an extrovert, whether you can afford counsel, whether you can't communication is the key so it's like you would do in a workplace for me communication is our issue and I know that and that's why you know these tips work for us formalizing things I think also that's a really good tip for people who are pregnant or about to become parents I, I heard this hack that what you should do is speak to someone who's already had a baby note down all of the jobs that come along with having a new baby right and then you sit down in a formal setting with your partner and you allocate and apparently this can take away some of the overwhelm and the feelings of resentment because everybody knows what they're going to do right Mm. everyone knows their role so then there's nowhere to hide yeah, I you gave know, Ed the bath job and he <laughs> – but it was a really good way for him to connect with the baby. 100%. And then I got some time out, but he knew that even before going, you know, having the baby, he knew that that was good. And if it's job. understood across the board, it's mm. then not – it's not a nagging mm. thing once the baby comes. Like, well, can you do yes. something? It's all – it's agreed like you would in a job interview. And that's the job. Exactly. And the thing is, is that no one can prepare you for a baby. I say that all the time. We can give all the advice, but until you're in it and you're under that pressure and everything changes, um, you're not prepared. But formalising thing, and it sounds so unsexy and it sounds so... It does. (laughs) It really (laughs) really does. does. It really does. I'm like, oh. But actually it is the most sexy thing ever to have some structure in place so that you're controlling your controllables. That's what we say about hospital packing. If you can control your controllables, when the stressful things, the uncontrollables come along, you have a benchmark and you have a bit of an anchor so that with us, Jonathan did the nighttime feed. We did yes. um, a great one. bath bottle mm. bed and that was his job. And he's got a beautiful connection with our boys and bedtime still now that they're older because that's always been yeah. his job. 
So the other thing in that conversation I think is really helpful is to say, what is your benchmark for stress? Mm. So I can cope with stress in a different way that Jonathan can because my work life has always been about stress and he's had other stresses. But what's our benchmark? And to say in that planning conversation before baby's born, what will I see in you which will show me that you're really stressed and you're at breaking point? It's funny you say that actually. Yeah, because I, I was listening to something come out of Brene Brown recently and she was saying how their communication is if they're not 100% as a whole, then they have to have a chat. If they're over 100%, they're cool. So they would walk in, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm at a 70. Mm. Uh, how are you feeling? I'm at a 40. Okay, you're over uh, 100. Yeah. But if you're okay, like let's... a 20 and a 50, then you need to have, like have a chat like that. Was how are we going to really get through this? Because when we're not at 100, so like, uh, can, um, can I pull the weight for you? Are yeah. You gonna pull the and weight that... for me? Yes. Yeah. And that's what we need to remember. You're in a partnership. Yep. Parenting is a partnership and each person has really different skills and brings different family stories into that partnership. And I think it's really good to be unsexy and to formalise things. Yeah. And I think for both parents, because sure. new parents and the, the non-birthing partner, the dad or the other partner, they're overwhelmed as well because all this pressure's on them to chat and their lifestyles change. So part of being formal for me as well in those conversations that you have with your partner before baby's born is how will you seek support that's not yeah, from me? Yeah, that's a good so, point. I shouldn't be responsible for all of your mental well-being. So how will you find support? And for my husband, it's running and catching up and having phone calls with his mate. I think that's so important, though. Like we, Nathan and I were looking at our calendars. We saw something again on Instagram. But it's about how, you know, just yeah. because you have kids doesn't mean you aren't people anymore. You still have needs. You still have social self-care needs. And it's about looking at the week and carving, making sure that each of you has that time carved out. And I think since we've started prioritising that and we're all getting some social time and we're all getting yeah. some relaxation time, even if it's just an hour on a Saturday, it just means that we know that a reprieve is coming um, and just mentally it just feels like a bit of a, a yeah. weight has been lifted, I think. I had a fr I have friends who when they had their newborn, they decided up front 50-50. Every Saturday morning she got to sleep in mm. and every Sunday morning exactly. he got to sleep in. Non Non-negotiable. Yeah. I think, Nadine, a thing here is that um, for us, doing that weekly doesn't work. Our weeks are, are – we've got other factors. I care for my elderly mum as well. So we have to work on a month schedule. So find what works for for you and mine is in a month I will do this self-care in a month Jonathan will have a game of golf in a month I need to keep because for us the week goes so quickly the mm. other thing is in that planning for self-care also there has to be sacrifice so Jonathan's ideal run would be a two and a half hour run but that doesn't work for me because then where's my two and a half hours exercise? And, yeah. and in my juggle, I can't fit two and a half hours exercise in. So he can do an hour run, not a two and a half hour run. So I think it's been really clear about that. The greatest game change for, for us is date night. Now, yes. let me say now you're talking. that I wasn't a fan of date night and this is all Jonathan. What? I bow down to, down to him. And he I love kept Jonathan. Saying, oh, man. Oh, so do I. Oh, yeah. uh, so do I. <laughs> you're a lucky lady, Sal. <laughs> well, there are two things that we talk about in a partnership and that is that, uh, again, the planning and being strategic but about recognising that we're together for a reason and these are our shared values, so what, 
what do we need to do and work on. One of them is date night. Now, date night, I think some people think it's getting dressed up and going to um, Rockpool no. and having an amazing steak and wine. For us, <laughs> it's about nice. managing wouldn't it be nice but for us it's about managing our budget so that's a priority for us so um some people prioritize other things in their budget for us it's a date night and as soon as i felt comfortable leaving our firstborn which was a long time i must admit it was you know like i think at least three months four months um as soon as i felt comfortable we would have a date night we employed a babysitter who we found um through a reputable source because we didn't have any family support so for some people they don't have to worry about paying a babysitter for us we had to put it in our budget as a non-negotiable mm -hmm. and we got a babysitter who would come after we did the bath bottle bed routine the baby was asleep we knew we had at least two hours hopefully up our sleeve we got a babysitter who could who part of the deal was she folded washing as well oh that's a plus. so we'd come home yeah so we'd come home and the washing would be folded which took a stress off me because washing does my head in yes um and our date night didn't have sometimes we dressed up and went out but other times do you know what we did we put our sneakers on and we walked around the lake and that was time together yeah it doesn't always have to cost yeah cost no. me money or you don't have to always Not get dressed all. up it's just about having time to get back to the two together. of you because there was a you and us before kids right and exactly. my big thing and I think this is where Nathan and I really try to get back to is what is the point of going through this tough season of slogging it out day after day of, of just trying to survive, not even thrive, if we're not going to be together at the end of it to reap yes. the reward? If you hate each other. Older? Exactly. There's no point. So, Sal, what do you recommend for couples when they're at breaking point, like when it's really, really tough? Well, I think each person in the relationship has to know what the other person's breaking point is. That's why I mentioned before benchmark. Know what your mental health benchmark is and what your relationship breaking point is. And again, like I said, we prioritise spending on date night. We also, and I know, again, it's a cost of living thing, but I would recommend if you're at breaking point in your relationship, go and see your GP and get a referral to have a mental health plan. And that gives you 10 minutes. Medicare, Medicare rebate um, appointments with a psychologist. Yeah, great. And if you're really at breaking point, see a professional. So there are some great people online that, you know, like I follow someone who talks about how to schedule time being intimate when you've got <laughs> I kids. I love that. Scheduling SEX. Like how unsexy <gasps> oh, is listen, that? Listen, that's much my reality. But you know what? <laughs> it does not it's happen. Kind of yeah, if, you're right. If you don't, and there is so much evidence in that space to back that you really need to be strategic and because if it's not happening it's not happening well you should see my calendar cell i've got eva's ballet freddie soccer olivia and nathan sex wow excellent <laughs> i'm here for living nathan's calendar um but i think equally for us we put money into date night we put money into supporting our mental health by seeing professionals mm -hmm. um and so i would i think if you're at breaking point both men and women i think women particularly can talk like the three of us are talking on this podcast men traditionally have found that more difficult yes so it comes back to if you had a conflict in your workplace and many of the parents listening to this podcast are 
people who've had good careers and big careers and got a lot of satisfaction from their work and then they go into parenthood they don't get the same feedback no. they don't get it's thankless your baby's not saying thank you for sitting up all night rubbing my leg because i've got a growing pain it's thankless oh it's so hard whereas in a relationship and as a parent you do not get the feedback so be active around the feedback but if you're at breaking point seek professional yeah, help I couldn't agree I, yeah. i've been reading a book which i would i'd love to recommend to you both and it's anna heinmarsh's if in doubt wash your hair and she talks a lot about it's, I love it's that. a yeah. great because she's a businesswoman she's done amazing things but she's raised five children and she's wow. in a healthy relationship with their father as a partnership and she talks about the pressure on us and this is where the resentment comes from that we are expected to be like our mums so write mm. the thank you notes bake the women's weekly cakes <laughs> make sure we know where our kids are at all times mm. book the doctor's appointments yep book Do the doctor's the appointments yeah Exactly. I carry the mental load, yes. but we're equally still now expected to work like our father. Yes. So we are trying to do our mother's jobs and our father's jobs. Mm. And it's a whole new dynamic. So we need as well to show ourselves grace Gosh, and kindness. No wonder we're resentful. Yeah, but it's, but it's, it's yep. a universal oh thing. Since you turn into a mum, this is it. But also, t- these yes. days you need two parents to work, really. Yeah, so you can't yeah. not to. No, sometimes. so the whole the whole world has changed. The whole dynamic has changed, and you know you can have it all. They say, but not all at once. And I think one thing now I've got a, a child at school drop off is making sure that my partner does drop off. So yes, he knows the other dads, and there are other that dads is who a do great, drop off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and look, yep. do some social engineering. Speak to the the mums who are doing drop-off and saying let's make Tuesday morning dad drop-off and so all the dads they're doing drop-off on a Tuesday so they're all there at the same time and they get that time together so sometimes it takes social engineering think of it like a business or career like you you plan for your business and your career relationship let's do Mm -hmm. it for our personal relationships and I am the lead if you you know me I'm a hot mess that's why we started this (laughs) week because I'm such a hot mess so structure I hate I naturally (laughs) <laughs> hot mess. Yep. Yeah, I'm here for hot, hot mess and cold coffee. So going on to that, I would love to ask you, you are the sweet set owner of an yes. incredible business. And thank you. you. You are the go-to for packing your hospital bag. We want to yeah. talk about the things you don't think about for hospital bags. Like yes. What are the, for example, I did not pack a nighty where you had the buttons down the front. <laughs> I packed just a normal one you put on, right? So I thought, oh, great, done. Yeah. But I didn't realise I'd be breastfeeding and ha- like having that mm-hmm. easy access. What are the things we forget about when we're packing our hospital bag? Oh, Nadine, my absolute love. There are so many don'ts around hospital bag. That's why we started the sweet set is because we wanted to give the best information not just about what to pack so uh, what to pack we cover in the sweet set but what not to pack so I think there's some real key do's and don'ts so don't make it all about you now this is the most controversial don't when it comes to Ooh, what's this I know Ooh, what's this about mm. well you know what I see all the time on Instagram people preparing for birth and they're taking essential oil burners they're taking candles if you're in a shared room, which many of us will be in, if you haven't got a private room, you are sharing a room with other people who've just become new mums. Some babies can't tolerate essential oils, mm. or but all babies can't. Some other mothers can't tolerate, you know, you might be burning clary sage in your essential oil or you might be rubbing it on. <laughs> well, you're right. Now you the know, hormones go right crazy. Right your gemstones, your crystals, your nasal passages and, and things, yeah. 
Exactly. That might the woman in the bed next to you might be trying to hold on and not go into labour, and your essential oil triggers labour. So, my thing is, don't make it all about you when you're packing a hospital bag, because hospital bedrooms are really, really small. That's one of the biggest shocks people get. You've only got a small space, so mm-hmm. that's why you've got to know what you're packing and what not to pack. So, be considerate of other people. That is one of my big do's. You're only in a small space, and you're only there for a short amount of time. So really curate what you pack in your hospital bag so you're not feeling stressed. And that's why we've got a two-page list that tells you everything to do. And I love that you have those lists according on how the the length of your stay. There are some people who are adamant they'll be there for one night and there are some people like me who never want to leave. So I packed for... Me. Essentially a me. week. I never want yeah. to leave. Oh, really? I couldn't wait to get out. I don't there. get these people who want to get out. I don't yeah. get it. Uh, oh, that was Milk me. it. Yes. Milk that cow. No, because I was stuck next to oh my the whole the beep, 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 the oh. reception area. Yeah, it was a bad room. Locked all that out. So, and that's the other thing that every hospital's different. So another do before you pack your hospital bag is do contact your birth suite and say, what do they provide? Good do point. they provide an yeah. Do they provide ice pads? Do they provide, you know, so what do they provide and what's your room like? That's why I always say, do do a hospital tour if you can so my happiest memory is after my second child was born 18 months after my first and it was me having a hot coffee oh, in the hospital that was the bed last with a sleeping newborn I hope you really savoured that from then on <laughs> yeah but I also I love your story about the reason why the sweet set was born was because um, well, it's helpful for men or partners in the middle of the night when you're screaming for something and they don't know where to look, but if yes. it's all beautifully organised and labelled and labeled mm-hmm. in different packages, they know exactly yeah, where to go no to. Brainer. Now, it's interesting we say that because people are already talking about Father's Day and I say the best present you can buy, obviously this is an ad, the best present you can buy for a father-to-be is a sweet set because my greatest tip of advice is if you've got a partner, they pack your hospital bag because the reality with a new baby, you're not mobile. So they're the ones who are going into your hospital bag and working out where things are. Jonathan Knight, love him. I've made that really clear on this. We had an argument because he had oh, no idea what a onesie sake. was versus a singlet. And that was the genesis of the sweet set was because... But they don't they don't know what a swaddle is. They're like, what's a swaddle? Yeah, but this like, is why what? they need to learn. So if it's packed in exactly. like... If it's so give them the if list. it's in a bag that says swaddles, they can't really mess yeah, it up. Yeah, or if it's 3am yeah. and they can't find it. <laughs> exactly. They've got no excuse. And that's where the resentment begins. That's where the true resentment begins. Re- Oh, so it starts it's in the hospital, start, doesn't it? It grows and grows and grows in the hospital. <laughs> Are you kidding? This is I, it. I think this it started in the first trimester for me. That is why I say pack the hospital bag together because there is nothing more resent-making than when you're in the hospital, you're laying there, milk's coming in, you're bleeding, you oh, welcome to motherhood, and here is your partner <laughs> walking saying, in and walking well, what out. do you mean? What's a onesie? What's a onesie? What's a onesie? Anyway, oh, it's about thanks, controlling, <laughs> like resentment, and packing bag like anything to do with parents. My greatest tip is control the controllables. If you can control what you can control and if you've got oversight over that, if you've written your list, if you've got... I did a big A4 list on the fridge of everything we needed to cross off our list that Jonathan almost blacked out and fainted about, but we crossed them off. They were written down. It was unsexy. Control what you can control. So when the ultimate uncontrollable, which is becoming a new parent, happens... You have a baseline and you have a solid foundation.
That's well, amazing. I couldn't have said yeah. it better myself. Amen. Thank you so much, Sally, for coming on. That was we amazing. thoroughly enjoyed. There are so many takeaways oh, from gosh. that. Oh, that my darlings. I just could talk to the two of you, as you're aware. <laughs> I just want to move to Sydney and come and sit in your office and talk about things. And people will say, why has One Fine Baby got a crisis communications headquarters? Because we needed one desperately. <laughs> I live in therapists. That'd be great. Uh, <laughs> Thanks so much, Sal appreciate you and where can people find you so we're on at the sweet set on instagram and we've consulted we've done market research we've consulted with obstetricians midwives doulas and all of our information is robust and we are at the sweet set s-u-i-t-e-s-e-t on instagram and our webpage is www.thesweetset.com and i feel like i need to be in tiktok so maybe that's my next thing yeah <laughs> stay tuned well, stay check tuned. tiktok in about six months <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks sal thanks sal Oh my gosh, that was such a great chat that with was Sally. So good. Love oh, Sally, she's, she's awesome. Wealth of knowledge. Now we're going to move on to dun, dun, dun. big whinge. Whoop, whoop. I have something. What is the whinge of the week? It literally is still plaguing me, and I'm two years past postpartum now. Right. You know when you're pregnant and your hair is just, you know, it's amazing. It's oh, like, I had the best. Did you? Pregnant hair. I bet you did. Oh, I'm looking at photos like going back. Oh my god. <sighs> but I didn't even appreciate no, it. No, of course you didn't. No, yeah. And you think. Wow, what an upside to the nausea and the dizziness. It's the only thing, really. It's literally the only thing you get because I never got a glow or anything. I don't know what no. that's about. So you're lulled into this false sense of security, right? Like, I'm amazing. I look great. I look mm. great. I even look great pregnant. I can wear the tight dresses and it's, you know. Then, for me, it was a, probably about that four, five-month mark, these little horns started yeah. to grow. Do you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Little of course horns I know what it is. On the about. front of your head, like near the, uh, the yep. temple. And, they and it doesn't discriminate. Like everyone gets them. But and is it breakage or is it growth? No, I think it's hormonal. But they grow to no, about Yeah. Is it because inch. when you're pregnant or you've got crazy hormones doing amazing things oh, to protect I your baby and your know. body and then like it gives you blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as the baby leaves your body, then oh, it just all... I don't know. But your it, hair starts falling out. I went into like a spiral. Yeah. Because I was like, they're not long enough to be straightened. I can't bobby pin them back because they're like an inch growing out of either side of my hairline. Like, what do you do with them? Well, they just even out. supplements and things. If you've got six months up your sleeve, but I want to go out tomorrow and I've got horns coming out of my head. Yeah. Can I tell you what I what I still use now? This is my best friend. What? It's like $6 from Woolies. The VO5 sleek hair gel. You know the one that, you, <laughs> that your Italian stepdad uses? That one. That's the one For I men? use. Yes. Oh, that's yes. awesome. It's so good. I would just do like a mumba and I would just like yeah. I'd just come out of the ocean. Like yeah. it, that thing was like you could see your reflection. Yeah, that's like what I do for my eyebrows. <laughs> you know, I use the... Do you? No, the... For the, laminating? No, I dye my eyebrows with the moustache one for men. Do you? Yes, that's the hack that those girls were talking about. Kelly McCarran. Oh, got that it. Was I know Kelly. Anyway. Okay. Um, yeah, so... That's my big thing is I hate those horns that come and I know other women do. I just wanted to whinge about them because it put me into a year-long spiral of not being yeah. able to straighten my hair or it wear it out. It is pretty depressing though when you have, like I'm a bit older than you and my hair's just falling out and it's thinning oh. and it's really, so I started trying to find multivitamins every day. I'm being served ads for hair loss mm. and implants. That must be a big whack to the gut. It's great. Oh, but yeah, no, I get it. So that's your big whinge for the week. Yep. Yeah, I'm so glad you and feel there's nothing that we can do about it. Look, really. Well, you can. Well, I mean, there are. I might buy shares in Vo5 after this because mm. they're about to fly off the, the shelves. Off the shelves. Mm, nice one.
Okay, so now we're coming to a time in the podcast that I like to call Hack City. Hack, Hack City. If you know, you know. Hack, Hack City. I'm not going to say the next word. I am <laughs> looking at you laughing out loud just in well, case you're wondering. Okay, good. So you get it. Um, but this is the part where we share a juicy hack and it could yeah. be parenting related or it could just be a gold mine as a person for you to just... In our experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to have one each week, each and I'm going to start. Go for it. So I have one that I've shared with a couple of my close friends already, and it has a 100% success rate. Isn't that a big call? That's massive. I'm standing by it, What though. is it? So a friend of mine introduced me to a song on yeah. YouTube. Now, right. this song, when played to a child, and my daughter was like three, Eva was three, I think, when I started using this. Yeah. It was just a song that would guide her to sleep, and mm-hmm. it's got such a harmonic, like... Da, 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 that it just puts her to sleep. And it's like a 15-minute song. It's called Sleepy Paws right. by Moshi Kids. Mm-hmm. And you can just find it on YouTube. And what I love about it is because Eva, I don't know about your kids, but Eva always wants to see the screen if I'm going to play something on the phone. She always wants to look at the screen. And obviously that's really stimulating. Yeah. What's great about this one is it's a really dark sort of character koala sitting underneath a tree and the stars oh, twinkle. So they watch it on the they screen. They can. Okay. Or they can just hear the song. Or just put it in their room. But the screen, it's like it doesn't change. It's just this sleepy koala under the tree and the stars are twinkling. So it's really boring to watch. So even if they do watch it, it's like you see <laughs> Their eyes start going away. Eva will be so bored. <laughs> so bored. But it's so, the words are just like, it's close soothing. your eyes, sleepy paws. Da, oh, that's beautiful. Da, da. I know. You've got uh, a good voice, girl. I, <laughs> I almost put myself to sleep singing it for you. Yeah. Then. But it's just so harmonic and beautiful. Amazing. That, okay. that is my, there you go, you are. Well, will we put that in the show notes? We should get yeah, it Yeah, I'll, I'll pop it in the show okay, notes. cool. Yeah, that's a good one. Now, what is your hack, hack city? Mine's like a bit wafty, but it's um, about your future self doing things for your future self. Oh, like what? I mean, this all started over a margarita. Oh, as <laughs> most of your fair. adventures do. <laughs> so one of we were having margaritas and then one of my friends switched to waters and she's like, I'm doing it for my future self today. And I was like, what are you talking about, your yeah. future self? Well, tomorrow I'm going to wake up and thank my past future, self, my, past self yeah. my future self, uh, for starting the waters now. Yeah. And so she started talking about this concept and it's all about doing things for your future self so things like the night before you go to work so or meal planning on a Sunday Mm. getting yourself set up for the week and your future self is really going to thank her I never think about her well cutting all the fruit up on a Sunday in one of those Amazon containers you know putting them all away so the strawberries don't go off Mm. Um, the night before laying your clothes out if you want to exercise it just makes it easier when you wake up pre-doing your lunches so all you have to do is open the fridge door put it in your bag and off you go to work. You know, just little little things that are setting yourself up for your future self, just making her life easier. Yes. It really makes her life easier. Mm. Yeah, I never thought about that that way. Yeah, I never thought about it Mm. either. But if you do, just little things like that, it really can make a big change. Yeah. I like that. So, Liv, because this is episode one, so exciting, (laughs) Um, no one would know that we've got a Facebook group. And so on there, we're going to be sharing community hacks as well. So obviously there are so many incredible mums out there that have got their own hacks. So if everyone can start sharing on there as well, we're going to use some in the episodes. We totally are. We basically, yeah, we want everyone to share their gold, their hacks, their tips, their tricks. All parents have them. So we really want to encourage you to head to our Cold Coffee Hot Mess Facebook group and join join us. Um, there'll be lots of insider tips and tricks there that we can't always get onto the podcast, but we really want you to be a part of the community. And yeah. Rising tide lifts all boats, That's right? It. So together, we got yeah, this. Yeah, we got it. Yeah. 
Okay, well, let's wrap it up. Yeah, that's us. That was awesome. That was so much fun. So awesome. Firecracker episode. (laughs) Loved it. That's what you want for episode one. Yeah, absolutely. I've got my cold coffee here. I haven't even got (laughs) to half of it, so I am living You are so on brand. Is that so on brand? Was that from 9am? Yes. That's borderline gross. Don't tell our secret. Listen, we've not been here all day. (laughs) We have. We've had coffees. We've lived on churros and melted chocolate. I'm not even going to lie to you. Awesome. I've really enjoyed it, and I feel like next week you're going to enjoy it. I won't say more, but just as much. Yes, next week's going to be awesome. So good. We hope you've taken something away from this episode because we have absolutely loved doing it. Yeah, we've loved it. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Love you. See you next time.